This is MPN. Welcome to MPN and another exciting episode of Build a Film. We haven't been with you for a while, but we're finally able to get the logistics together. <laughs> finally able to bring you another episode of Build a Film. We got some good feedback from people from the last episode, so we're stoked to be uh, – I say we. It's like only really just me. I mean, I know you're excited too. Um, I'm Ryan McCarran, and uh, sitting across from me, a uh, very, very good friend of mine, and uh, another podcast host as well. Uh, he co-hosts a podcast uh, called Raised by Tunes, which we'll tell you about a little bit later on. Uh, but say hello to Chad Cook. Chad, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're happy to have you. So last time we were in the decade of the 90s building yes. a teen film. Uh, and now we are jumping back a decade to a time when men were men. <laughs> And we knew who our enemies were. It was very clear, very obvious. But today, we're going to be building an 80s action movie from the ground up. And Woo. very, very exciting. So before we jump into our ideas, Chad, I wanted to get an idea from you. Because mm -hmm. this is a genre that's very near and dear to your heart. Yes. Probably partially why I wanted to have you on here today to talk <laughs> about it. Um, but tell me about your, I don't know, I guess relationship with the genre or some of your favorites or why this genre has kind of, why you got chosen for this, I guess. Well, I, I would have to say that, you know, um, I watched the, I watched a lot of action movies, 80s action movies when I was probably too young to watch them. So uh, they kind of blended in with the cartoons I watched, like G.I. Joe and, and, and just, I watched. I don't know. It turned out to be very action-packed things. There was superhero stuff, but these were people based more in a realistic scenario. So I was like, I can I can imagine more with this. Or I mean, as much as uh, um, weird, surrealistic, or just yeah. I mean, like, everything's very bombastic. And yeah, like, there's yeah. a th th there's a kind of zaniness almost to yeah. it with the. The, the the animation or like the cartoons that like you could watch it could be very ridiculous and fin and fantastical yeah. whereas it's same sort of type of thing you have just one man against an entire nation uh, I mean, of yeah. people like trying to just take them down that way too exactly and you know the concept of it now like I'm thirty and I watch rewatch them and just see how silly they are but like back when I was a kid like I thought they were the awesomest thing you know like Jean Claude Van Damme Chuck Norris Steven Seagal yeah. Stallone, uh, Stallone, all these guys, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, yeah. everybody. They they were they were they were my uh, they were my go to movies, yeah. you know, for uh, a good uh, bang bang shoot 'em up. They were know? your foray into other action genres, yeah. and so there's a certain I don't know, like the, it's 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 a certain like adorableness to them because yeah. they just these are types of movies they just don't make no, anymore. Like you look at, I mean just gratuitous and in both in like you know nudity and violence and just like i mean when i was sort of looking through the genre i watched a good a bunch of them before we did this mm -hmm. and i was trying to pinpoint you know get, get like a cross-section of yeah. the different types of stories that there were and i talked a little bit about it but it's like the you have your lone wolf so you have yes. your lone wolf story where you have one guy just He's got maybe he's got nothing left to lose, or maybe he's just the only one who can do the job that they need to do. But he's taken on fifty guys at a compound or something, yeah. or taking, or in the case of like Invasion USA, he's literally Chuck Norris is taking on <laughs> the entire country of Russia. Exactly. And uh, and so 
there's that storyline. You have your military storyline, which is like the guy who's in special forces yeah. or the ex army veteran, ex special ops, right? Um, you know, and they'll and they'll we need you for one last mission. Or, yeah, exactly. Uh, and he he first declines it. and He's like, I don't think I'm gonna. And then for some reason he's he goes. And to, then yeah, somehow he's yeah. drawn back into it in some way, but. That's always a fun one. And then I think there's another niche, which is like the Jean-Claude Van Damme, the martial arts yes. in. So yes. you have, you know, you have the martial arts, you have the ex-army dude, and then you also have the uh, lone wolf. So those are sort of, when I was building it, when I was going through the plots, or going, I had to sort of look at those three and just go, oh, which which one do I, would I feel like I want yeah. to do? So I'm... I'm curious to get your take on if you see those or if there's any other ones that you see. Well, I, I um I noticed all of that and the if you take into consideration like um when Die Hard came in, that was like you didn't need to have huge muscles or like a gigantic gun. It was like sort of a survival against all odds type of thing. Like there is danger there. He could be he gets shot. He he's not invulnerable. So I for some reason like that like when, after I saw that, I was like, I like that kind of version a little bit better because um, there's more uh, suspense. Because I mean, obviously, '80s good guys always win. That's that's always going to happen. It mattered of his, uh, you know, his actual personality. Like he was very sarcastic. Uh, Bruce Willis, very sarcastic. Um, he wasn't so plain. I mean, no, the, yeah. The other ones were very much just like deadpan and yeah, like yeah. let's just let our action and let yeah, our fists and guns exactly. do the talking. Whereas you could actually have that great action and then also give your main character a little bit of personality, which yeah. is what I think. It's I mean, that's like a it's a classic now. Yeah. I mean, it's not even an '80s it's, movie classic. Apparently now it's a Christmas movie classic. Christmas. So you know, I mean, it set the way for like so many more mm-hmm. you know, down the line. And, yeah, and uh, that's that's one that's at the top of my list there for favorites well cool well should we get into it i think yeah, we should yeah. probably uh get started um so we're gonna go through uh plot we're gonna go through director we're gonna go through our ideal cast for this film and then uh a title at the end we're gonna try to uh to try to work through that <laughs> on there so with that said my plot and as i was saying when i was looking at these three uh these these three plots that i identified um of course there are many others but these are the three that i that i looked at I really liked the lone wolf and the military. I okay. thought that was so cool. Like yeah. you look at a movie like Commando or Rambo Two or something mm-hmm. like that. Like you have these guys, and a lot of it sort of stems from this post Vietnam sort of thing. Maybe they've been demasculized a little bit, yeah. you know, <laughs> because maybe the war wasn't won the way that it should have been, and the society kind of forgot about them. And so it sort of seems to me like an answer to that. Like, hey, we were humiliated over here we need to just sort of overcompensate for that fact and just absolutely just kick as much ass as you can so mine is basically what we'll do we'll open on uh like a in in the cockpit of an airplane okay okay and we're gonna see the army the air force special forces whoever it is uh dropping bombs on a village okay so it's gonna the credits are gonna be rolling over that and we're gonna (laughs) see just mayhem right off the bat and let's say we'll just call it Russia or some other yeah, random some country. Enemy in, of the U.S. Yeah, in the, in Eastern Europe or something. Yeah. It's not a Cold War anymore. Okay, apparently. Yes, in this yeah. in this scenario, yeah. we're not we're not. It's, it's not a Cold War. It's a very much a hot war. <laughs> and so we'll see houses and farms and various things explode. It's sort of now you think about it, it evokes that 
that visual of like in the middle east or something you know just blowing up these yeah. random places that <laughs> don't even you know they're, they're very nondescript to yeah. us and when, when they're being blown up so it's a so then what we'll do is we'll cut to a, a former cop and special forces officer who uh is basically living with his family I wanted to make him live in the forest, but I thought forest. that was too much. Like, hey, I, you know, I wouldn't knock it if he did. Like, <laughs> that still, it still works. It still does. Life. I mean, because you know, you got to be out there. But I, I figured, let's just let's put him in the let's put him in the city. So uh, he basically he's living there, and he's tested, or sorry, he's um, testified against uh, the head of the Russian mob. Oh, okay. Okay, so he's trying to have a normal life with his family, and at one point, maybe he's getting groceries, maybe he's walking doing a walk in the dog or something but he's actually found out by one of the remaining mob members <laughs> in this group that he put the head of in jail yeah okay uh so basically the remaining mob member gets all the other guys together kidnaps his family <laughs> oh god uh -oh. now we're in trouble what is he gonna do uh well he's been reluctant to bring his special forces training back of okay. course um, the nightmares. The, yeah, you know. he's been trying to, you know, leave that world yeah. behind and everything. Uh, so without any of his usual tools, so he's going to enlist the help of a friend and like an old war buddy <laughs> who's going to have a shed of some sort and just sort of there'll be a scene where they lift the they lift the thing, <laughs> li like lift the door of the shed and it's just like there's a locker full. Of there's just stuff everywhere. <laughs> so it's like, like I guess a little bit of like old John Wick. It's <laughs> oh, <laughs> if John yeah. Wick was happening hey. in the 80s. It'd be great. Um so while this is all happening, word gets back to the head of this Russian mob. And the head of the mob escapes from prison and basically is the one who's orchestrated the kidnapping. Okay. Okay, so he's the one who, who does this whole thing. So he's armed to the teeth with explosives and guns. Oh, by the way, there's definitely going to be a scene where uh, – well, first of all, when the, the, the mob boss breaks out of prison, yeah. there is absolutely going to be a crazy free-for-all, every convict for themselves <laughs> type of fight because those are just great. I just love Yeah, I was, I was wondering if he would have like a, like a fake substitute in prison to, while he's out so no one really knew That's he, true. he yeah, left he, or something. Like escape from Alcatraz yeah, or something. Exactly. You could put like a head on yeah. the pillow or something, and then it's like, oh, my God, he's gone. Where is he? Well, that, that could be too. That could hey. be good there. Um, but then – so once the mob boss breaks out, there's absolutely going to be a slow motion scene when our hero, his name is John Willis, and the head of the mob, his name is Dmitry Sokolov, uh, <laughs> when they see each other for the first time, maybe like one of them's passing in a car or something, but it's just going to be super slow motion, super shreddy guitar yeah. type of thing, like, <laughs> you know, maybe even like the dun-dun drums or something like that. So... He basically, our hero John, has to, now that he's armed to the teeth with all these explosives and guns like that, he goes to find the first mob member who broke him out initially yeah. to try to get more information and to try to be um, reunited with his family. So at one point, uh, maybe when John kills the Russian guy, he's got to say Nostrovia to one yeah. of them before he like <laughs> shoots him in the face or something. Of course. Um, and uh, so basically, in the end, there's going to be a battle of, of course, our one special forces hero yeah. going up against this mob of people, <laughs> including this hero, including the villain as well. Mm -hmm. um, maybe they'll be on the phone, like you're talking about with, in Die Hard. Yeah. He's able to get like a walkie-talkie or a phone <laughs> from him. 
And I could just picture this exchange like John Willis goes, I'm going to find out where you are. And the mob boss is going to say, I'm counting on it. <laughs> you know, just, I mean, because yeah, the, the, it's the corny dialogue. It's that the, stuff. you they, gotta, I mean, you got to give the dialogue to chew up this, each scene. Oh, to, yeah. You know, make it memorable, quotable. 100%. You know? 100%. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we're going to have a montage as well. We have to mm-hmm. have a montage. I mean, maybe multiple. But one of them that I kind of thought of is something along the lines, both sides maybe gearing up for a gun battle. Mm-hmm. They're cleaning their guns, but you see a whole army of people getting ready. And this would be set to like a survivor type of song. Yeah. You know, like the band Survivor. They did the the, the Rocky theme and I the Tiger. Yeah. yeah. And then then that that type of like really hard rocking yeah. type of thing. If I hear a real drum in any of the music in this thing, it's not forget it. It's nope. not it's it's out. You're out. It's I out. need drum machines, I need synthesizers, I need <laughs> MIDI control. Yeah, I need everything. Yeah, I don't want to hear a piece of real instrument at all. <laughs> no way. Forget it. Um, so once he goes through this long and winding journey mm-hmm. uh, to basically vanquish the villain. Yes. Okay. Uh, and the you know say the villain's lying there dead in the road. Okay. Or about to die. So in a twist ending, because I like to, I like the twist ending. Oh, yeah. And I want to make it a little bit more nebulous. Okay. So what's going to happen is that the mob boss, Dimitri, as he's lying there dying, <laughs> is going to be telling is going to tell the hero a story about how his family was killed by a special forces oh. bomb that we saw early in the beginning. And so he I was like having it. a good life with his family. And all of his family yeah. was killed in a random American bombing. <laughs> and so John would have been the one who was responsible <laughs> for his family dying. And we come. So, th- so that was where that would yeah, come, come together. together. Yeah. So we have a twist because it leaves the villain without any sort of revenge. Yeah. You know, the same revenge that, that John Willis has been trying to get this whole time for having kidnapped the family. <laughs> He's able to get that, but he takes it away again from uh, Dimitri, uh, and so he eventually dies, and that's where the movie's going to end. I think the movie does. Uh, sorry, but no, does he? Um, when when the villain, uh, the the boss is dying, uh, after he tells him that, is there? Does he he have remorse on his face, and he's just like he kind of maybe closes his eyes, or I don't know. So. Some, I, I, I th- that could or be hold his hand. maybe they yeah maybe there's like a moment of understanding yeah. between the two men <laughs> for the first time and there's a reason for this why this bad guy isn't going to be all bad and I'll yeah. go over it in a, in, a, in a few minutes um, but I think that there will be like uh, maybe as he's telling him this story we could have like a superimposed flashback over the face <laughs> of our hero of like the bombs drop basically yeah. just like replay the scene from the very first. <laughs> Uh, the very first from scene. his point of view or something, right? Or? Either from his point of view, yeah. and so we're now remembering. Oh, okay, this oh. is what happened, and stuff like that. So, so yeah. So I guess it's sort of in the end, the villain was not all bad because he wanted to seek revenge by doing this. Yeah. And the villain and, and the good guy was not all good because well, he ended up sort of killing his family. Yeah. You the, know, it's, stuff like that. I mean, like with. An 80s movie, they usually never got into that until, like, you know, First Blood. And, and, and uh, I guess that that would be the only one where you start saying, oh, this is not, you know, this is not uh, gung-ho. This, mm-hmm. Everybody, he's right, you know. Yeah. 
like he's not right, but he's also kind of right. Yeah, and, it would make you. Yeah. It would challenge start to yeah, challenge, challenge you a little people. bit. Yeah. I would think it would make you think like it's not because yeah, the trope as you mentioned it is that the good guy always wins. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because it's yeah. like this is not that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? so not, it's like yeah. it's like yeah, the good guy is always good and and he stands for all these good American values and and the bad guy is always bad and just wants to destroy America. So in this case, in this sense, it's a little more uh, nebulous. You're not really sure. Yeah, the I do have to ask. Now is um like the final showdown in a in the city still or is it like in a oh like, I mean, like abandoned a warehouse, warehouse? Yeah, okay. yeah yeah of course gotcha. oh yeah I know yeah of course. We, they, the, the, the with the amount of heat that these that this Russian mob yeah. is packing they're gonna need to be in some kind of, of warehouse course. that just it's one of those warehouses that only seems to manufacture sparks yeah like they don't know like what are you actually making in this warehouse exactly. there's just chains that are hanging down for no apparent reason that don't that <laughs> are like, just attached right. these are just for swinging that's yeah. all for like there's like, no need for oh, it oh I can use this to swing over these crates to yeah. shoot this guy and they're, they're they're obviously placed for the yeah. action scene. Yeah. yeah, of course. And you have to hold the chain while you're shooting the gun uh, at the same yeah. time and everything. Yeah. So <laughs> uh so th- so that's my that's my movie. I think uh it's ripe for uh for it's a nice revenge story. It's a yeah. good uh it's a good army story, it's got a lot of good stuff in there. So that is my uh that's my plot. So I would um, say that yeah. that would be one I would be watching. I right? would be watching that, yes. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. What do you got? So mine we're gonna start overseas in the east with uh, in Hong Kong, and um, and and when I reveal the character who who the cast is later, it'll it'll work. Yeah, it mind makes you. sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. But um, so it, it starts out pretty much with a uh, a bust about to start at a triad weapons deal, but there's they're on the um, they're on some sort of dock with a big ship, and uh, the ship seems very fancy very official it's even got like a, lo- a, a logo so technically it's a weapons manufacturer selling to these triads like local gangs and stuff so the uh main cop is there and um pretty much he's there with his sibling his sister he convinced her to become a cop and she's very proud of her brother and uh but he's very hubris you know he's mm. like we could take this ourselves you know and that we could make this bust and you know they go in things don't go as they planned obviously so oh, no. mayhem ensues gunfire everywhere the main uh bad guy the yeah. but the yeah the main bad guy and his uh merc partner in crime who like helps him with supplying weapons and and uh organizing the deals and stuff uh they're escaping on a attack helicopter that's on the ship and right as uh, they're going uh you hear me rock music coming out of the <laughs> helicopter, which when I get to it later, okay. you'll, and, All right. um, <laughs> so it, it turns and starts firing missiles into the ship, starting to sink it into the ocean. And his sister dies. The, the main hero's sister oh, dies. No. So he's full of like, he's very upset, angry. Uh, he wants revenge. He wants to track down the people who, who did this. So, um, obviously he gets some, uh, um, he, He's not allowed to just follow him over to America because that's where we're going. We're going to L.A. Okay, but he does anyway. He goes over there, and um, who's he following? So, who, so the, the 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 main police officer is following the head bad guy. The head bad guy who yes. blew up the who, who blew up the, the ship, ship and, and everything. Okay, his sister, all right, yes. got it, got it. And then um, uh, as he he's uh, like taking a flight over, we cut to L.A. and then we're on a uh, 
a female DEA agent Ooh. who, yeah, I thought I'd mix it up. You know, uh, there weren't many uh, female uh, action heroes other than uh, a, a one or two. So I thought, like, why not make a kind of a dual, dual partner thing like that? But okay. um, so pretty much she's investigating the same people because they're selling it locally as well. High tech military grade weapons, you know. Mm. And so that's becoming a problem. So, obviously. <laughs> so um she's trying but she's very by the book she's not like gung-ho like our main hero so um she's she's gathered evidence and she goes into the actual facility to arrest said bad guy and um as she's doing this uh obviously uh, problems ensue with like he's he's an actual he comes off very legit let's mm-hmm. just say and so um you know, she gets kind of reprimanded for this false. You're making the DA look bad. Um, he's not going to, you know, press any charges. Blah blah blah. And um, and so she, I, I, I was having trouble deciding if she was just demoted or suspended or something because since she's so obsessed with this, I want her to be. Um, she keeps following the case, like mm. regardless of what her her chief says. Okay. So as that as this is going on, our main hero from Hong Kong comes in. And he's he just doesn't care about whether he lives or dies. He's just so very uh, distraught, and he's like, "I'm gonna get these guys regardless of what happens to me." He confronts them in like a local club, and uh, she's like doing a like a kind of listening in on a sting operation unofficially, obviously. And um, so they they cross paths, both of them. She's like, "Who's this guy messing up my thing?" and and it kind of turns into a, a, a chase, and um, he gets uh, the so they're main. Not, they're, they're not working together. They're not working together. So basically, right away. They, they they come to the same place yeah. just because they know this guy is there, and they both want the same thing. Exactly, but they're yes. going about it differently. Okay, all right, and cool. it leads into a bunch of kind of um, scenarios where they do cross paths on the same, but they're on the same mission, and like at, at one point, it leads into like a Mexican standoff mm. type of scenario. Which will come into play when you know I reveal some other facts. Okay. But um, they're still doing their own thing. Uh, after one of the meetings, uh, they start to bond more because they they're like saving each other from bad guys coming on onto them and stuff like that. And um, but as they're doing this, obviously, this is in the city. Gunfire like this is not going to go unnoticed. Her chief tells uh, her partner to go in. And uh, bring her in and bring in this other guy that I'm hearing about. And the, and so he he goes to do that, but uh, they're hiding out. And I'm, I'm kind of jumping around here, but... Now, so um, now they're unofficially working they're unofficially together. They're unofficially working together. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. As, uh, oh, yeah, the um, her partner decides to bring him in, and maybe they can get back up to actually, you know, take these guys down. But um, the Merc partner of the main bad guy... He comes and he blows that partner away, Whoa. trying to kill both of them, because he he learns who the Hong Kong cop is, and that she's a part of the DEA as well, oh. and um, and the main boss doesn't want them looking more into their business, their wrongdoings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, then they just they just man up. They do what you said, like they go stock load up, up weapons, and load up, yeah. and they go to their official like tower building. Uh, which is not conveniently not surrounded by other buildings. It's like <laughs> there's a good parking lot, you know, acre, couple acres <laughs> for decide. whatever. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, so they they go in guns blazing. There's a I forgot I forgot to mention 
that the main boss, even though he has his partner, his like crazy uh, Merc partner, he does have like a head henchman who's like a big stocky <laughs> Asian guy, dude. Asian yeah, dude. Right, yeah, right. And so, um, so like Zangief and Asian yeah, Zangief, pr- pretty much. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he, uh, like he's obviously got a big like chain gun thing. And as they're taking on all the guys. He's just trying to mow him down. They eventually take him out, and they make them their way upstairs. And since this is a weapons manufacturer, there's 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 like weapons that you wouldn't usually see in the hands of you know uh, regular people. So like fully fully automatic uh, weapons, shotguns, bazookas, just going off ridiculously, you know. So so and there's like weapons crates around, so they can just grab more if they run oh, out. Yeah, and just reload. It's just reload. Yeah. So very video game. Very very much. I so. think yeah, for sure. So they get to the top of the building and they confront the boss in his office, and he's very he's very cowardly. Let's say, so he's like, "Oh, you got me," but it's like you're not going to be able to prove anything, type of deal. I completely forgot. On their way up, they do confront the merc. They have it's and it's mind you, it's just the merc versus the two of them. So mm-hmm. he's able to hold his own. They defeat him, but it at the end when they're confronting the main boss, it doesn't look like it because you start to hear that rock music from the helicopter again, <laughs> and it rises up to the window behind the boss and just starts. It blows through the oh. boss, and he's trying to just kill those two because he's yeah. just whacked out of his mind. And uh, so and at you, one point, so let me let me let me back up. Yes. So at one point, so after we're done on the bottom floor, let's yeah. say. Mm-hmm. So then let's say they go up and maybe like, at some point, like, are they taking the stairs and they meet the Merc? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And because uh, they stop the elevators mm-hmm. and they meet him on the stairwell and he's waiting for him with a couple booby traps and stuff. Got it. And he's pretty much like a. Almost like a mad dog, you know, from Raid and, okay. and stuff like that. So, so, so once the, you think you think he's been defeated, yeah, you think he's been defeated. But then he comes but back he's, around. But he's, he's bloodied and he's just even more just erratic <laughs> and just okay. And so he's just blowing this whole building apart, and nice. they're trying to go up and down, and but like you're able to see through the building pretty much because this is like fully uh, like fifty cal bullets and like mm-hmm. rockets going in, and uh, they do come across a, a crate. Uh, which is holding a rocket launcher, so one of <laughs> one of them is able to uh, get to it, fire into the in the helicopter, and it starts to go out of control and it crashes. They do that, you know, at the end of an action movie when there's that they do a little banter and then the kind of credits roll type mm-hmm. of thing like that. Yeah, it's it's gonna be like that, and I rather not have them look too deep into like oh what happens after just it ends that's like it, it just yeah. ends right there we got the bad guys yeah. it's over that's yeah. it yeah and uh i feel stupid but i forgot to mention along the way when i was explaining that the dea agent was obsessed with her job and stuff she I does have a kinda... boyfriend oh okay and i was trying to debate is it a husband is it a boyfriend and i was like it's the 80s so it's probably a boyfriend it's probably not uh she's probably not married so yeah so there's a boyfriend there and and it kind of would help the line at the end because I had two lines that I was thinking that would be funny. Okay. And um, the <laughs> the the one line is it comes from the the Hong Kong cop to her, and she um, obviously they were having some trouble in their relationship, the DA agent and her boyfriend. And so the one line I was thinking was um, it's like you should give your boyfriend a call or something, just something cheesy like that. Mm-hmm. But then I came up with a, a funnier one because. It's the this Hong Kong cop's first time in L.A. and he's like, and she and so I would have the D.A. agent ask um, him, he's like, 
so what are you going to do now? And he's just like, I've always wanted to go to Disneyland. And then it just cuts <laughs> to just something stupid like that. And then music. And, and then, yeah, of course. Yeah. And then you got to have a catch-all song. Because I, I, at the yes. end of mine, I would have a catch-all song that basically like explains the plot of what you've just seen, which is a trope <laughs> that always happens. It's yep. just, you know, they're just describing the thing. They have you, That's your big song at the end is the type of movie. And I would have it be written by Toto. I don't know Toto. why. I just uh, Toto just sounds like a very 80s, very like large band that can just, yeah, Toto. Toto Toto's going to write the, the, the final song uh, in it. Um, well, that's good. I like it. Thank you. So I like the, yeah, because I, I, I like, because, you've now brought it's like the culture smash a little yeah. bit almost a fish out of water a little bit too which i think can be a big thing and also you know uh mix it up throwing a female and you know someone who's not just a big white guy just you know so it, it i don't know it just felt like that's a movie I, w- I would go out of my way to be like what is this is not what i usually see so i would i would love to see that you yeah know, just to... no i like the i like i like the twist of the woman because it's a very masculine time yeah. it's a very very yeah. man heavy like <laughs> men just working through some shit like yeah. that's what it is in the 80s so it's good that, that you that you're able because a lot of women i feel like in these types of movies which is something that i i, I couldn't quite bring it in but there's the trope of the like really annoying wife yeah. or girlfriend which i absolutely cannot stand yeah, i mean I, it's, it's the, awful yeah the the one that 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 sticks out i think to me and to everybody is um kit capshaw in, oh yeah in, in indiana jones and the temple of doom <laughs> like and you just have like women were just sort of like these irritants that were just meant to be saved or put themselves make stupid decisions to put themselves in bad situations yeah. and so that was one thing i i don't know if i'll be able to necessarily get that in my movie specifically because we're not going to spend too much time with the wife and yeah. kids like that because they're just getting kidnapped. Um, but I wouldn't want them to be dumb. I don't want uh, them to no, be dumb. Uh, and, yeah. you know, so that doing that is really cool. The fact that you still have this woman who's well, yeah, in you power want him, who can do stuff. You want him to be likable. So it's like, yeah, he is saving someone that's not annoying. So it's like, yeah, I hope he hope he gets there. <laughs> hope he does it. You know? Yeah, and please. Because like even another I forget her name, but the girl in Commando. Oh, yeah. She was just. I mean, she was comedic, but it was just she was also very annoying too. Because yeah. why are you why are you ratting him out? And you obviously know <laughs> something's wrong. But you know, yeah. All right. So, who? I'll ask you first, and then okay. we'll go to mine. Who is going to direct this magnum opus that you've okay. created? Well, I I because it's a separate writer. It's not a he doesn't write. Oh, okay. It he doesn't write direct. Yeah, okay, yeah. got it, got so it. So the director will be John Woo. Oh, of course. Yes. Okay. And I, um, I chose John Woo because, as much of, uh, you know, he's known for his gung fu and 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 just very, uh, it's like a ballet, pretty much. Just and I, I like it. I like a shootout when it's very theatrical, and he also adds a lot of, um, you know, sparks. You don't, you wouldn't really get. I mean, obviously, because it's just, it's an after effect to just make it look like it's. You know, everything's just bombarded just, with bullets. So much flair. Because yeah. if if you look at some movies, you just see three bullets going to a side of a car. And then you look at a John Woo movie, there's like sparks. <laughs> and somehow the person wasn't hit or, or something. And like usually the first few shots are warning. Like they don't even make it. Yeah. And, and he uses like a whole bunch of squibs. Like you're not going to just get one bullet in you. It's gonna, no, they're going to load a lot. like a, a whole clip. And, you know, um, 
And I, I just felt that even though at this time in the 80s he was still over in Hong Kong, I, I think uh, with the act I chose, it would have been an interesting moment for him to come over with that this type of movie. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, that's I, I pretty much chose him. Because, yeah, I, I think that that's a – I think that's great because I mean that this is the type of movie where you are it's going to be heavily Asian influenced so yeah. it makes sense to be able to shoot that and be it makes sense to have that person and then this gunplay is obviously going to be a huge part of it because yeah. that's just what he does. Well, my uh, my director is another John John McTiernan. Oh, okay. Because uh, in the eighties, I mean, this guy directed Nomads and Predator and yes. Die Hard, and even in the nineties, it's like Die Hard <laughs> with a Vengeance, The Thirteenth yeah. Warrior, Last Action Hero. Uh, and so this guy's like a solid yeah. action director. And you think about eighties action movies, and you of think course. about. You, these are the movies that you think about with and they're made by John McTiernan and that <laughs> and to have that style and then again when we reveal the cast again things will start to sort of make sense yeah. a little bit but he hasn't directed anything since basic that, really that's yeah. crazy we need to get him back in the yeah no they chair, need I to I mean maybe it's the times because like I, but I think I think he could still pull it off if he has a good writer to uh you know to balance him to out. balance it out yeah. and not you know hit any hot topics nowadays uh, yeah where, yeah, it, but it, yeah, if you like, let's say he made an action '80s action movie today, or like a throwback movie today. Yeah, it, like, can you even make a movie like that these well, days? I, I feel like if you would have to really lay on the satire or say like, "Hey, this is you know where we're going here." This is yeah. com- you have to make it completely obvious and not any sort of. Well, like um, I, I would think if it if it was I'm making an '80 movie, an '80s movie action movie today, people are like, oh well, that's gonna be like what we've seen in the past so we can't i mean if you give them that will they blindly just be like okay that it's just going to be a very violent and very mm. absurd and and not pc movie yeah. and, and i mean not everyone could be that lenient now i guess yeah. but it's if you look at john wick it's still a lot of gunplay and uh just i mean i'd say that's still a not a positive for society but it's an enjoyable experience mm-hmm. you know yeah i think that and then the movie that i go back to when it's on cable and i really enjoyed it at the time of shoot 'em up oh yes so that yeah. type of like exactly. i mean and, and that that has the like zany elements yeah. of like the cartoon stuff like that with the you know the clive owen eating the carrot the mm-hmm. entire time is very like bugs bunny-ish and stuff but yeah that movie it's like doesn't care about the gratuitousness or yeah. it just sort of takes it all the way up a notch and it's like this is who this guy is. This guy's masculine. He's going to do his thing. So even with yeah. John Rambo, the last one. Oh yeah, they upped the cart like the blood and everything. It was just so cartoonish, like a Quentin Tarantino. Right. Or, and and I thought that was fitting because you couldn't. He he had to evolve from what he was last, and like he's been living in the jungle catching rattlesnakes and <laughs> and stuff. So, yeah. So there there's got to be like he's. He doesn't care anymore, so he's gonna go balls to the wall. Yeah, like well, he did. Guys. So yeah. Well, who's did. your writer? Do you have a writer? Yes. Also? Okay. My writer ahead. is Shane Black. Oh, yes. Funny. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I chose him because at the time, like 1987, he wrote Lethal Weapon, but he also uh, co-wrote Predator as well, mm-hmm. or like he he helped on it, uncredited. He was uncredited on that, but um, uh, I just felt that uh, he was great at bringing two people together, you know, two opposites and stuff. And he would, uh, um, I don't know, he just, uh, for me, he writes action very well. And it's very funny, too. It could be, there could be very funny moments in a serious moment, you know. And uh, 
I thought he would be a good fit for John Woo because John Woo sometimes could go a little far with his, or it, or it's not too clear what he's going for okay. sometimes. And I think Shane Black could get him there. Okay, that, that's why I think they would work well together. No, that's great. Yeah, because you're right about bringing two people together. That that's the meat of the movie. Yeah, is like the two the the two halves that are or the. Yeah, the the two sides that are totally out, you know, totally random that come together for yeah. a specific cause. And stuff. <laughs> well, you know, your movie's going to take place at Christmas then, of too, course. right? Oh, yeah, it like has to. Absolutely I mean, happening. I'll have to throw in like yeah. a Christmas line there. Somewhere. Right. Well, my writer, and it's it's kind of a cop out, but I couldn't think of anybody because the thing is that with all these movies, there, you know, unless you have somebody like a Shane Black or a John Hughes or somebody who is big in the 80s at that time yeah a lot of these movies you look at the writers and it's like they're just kind of writers for hire yeah. really they're just like okay we just need somebody to like write a little bit of stuff in between the action sequences and yeah. that's where all the director came into it so for me i just went with uh, sly stallone oh okay yeah. you know he wrote cobra oh he wrote cobra <laughs> yeah i did not did. know that wow. it's like based on a book and he adapted <laughs> it so he, he he's got a credit in the 80s hey, so i went with it i went go. with uh, hey. i went with sly stallone just because uh, he's, let's just say he's also involved in this project in other ways as well. So, um, so, uh, so with that, I guess I'll just go into who my people are, and um, so I I struggled because I knew that I wanted two specific people. Yeah. And I was fighting between the two people. Who's going to be the big star? Who's going to be okay. the main star? If I, I just couldn't, in good faith, keep them out of my ideal '80s action movie. So our hero is played by Sylvester Stallone and our mm -hmm. villain is played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. <laughs> so I couldn't do it. I couldn't. Hey. Now, the politics being what they were in the action movies in the 80s, yeah. these guys would never have no. shared the screen. No like way. They would never have been in the same movie. <laughs> too but, much macho. In yeah, one too much ego. Now they bury yeah. the hatchet. Now it's yeah. great to see them like being friends. It's like, but now I want to go back to like, peak Stallone and peak Schwarzenegger and just have them battling because you see Stallone in a movie and it's like, well, of course, no one's going to be better than yeah. him. He's Sly Stallone. Like, that's it. But if you bring in Schwarzenegger, it's like, now you have a foil and for each of them. Yeah. Now you have a foil for, for each of them to kind of play off of. Plus, Schwarzenegger's already got the accent and it's like a that's Russian true. dude anyway. So... Please tell me he's chewing on cigars like most of the movie. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, drinking just vodka yeah. from the bottle and like doing stuff like that. Um, so part of that, I, I mentioned part of the, the, the casting in terms of that, uh, my ending. So, you know, my twist ending about the the each of them not being as good or as bad as you thought Yeah, is because no way, let's say Schwarzenegger gets over the fact that he's in the movie with Stallone, right? Mm-hmm. They have to have equal screen time, which would be really tough because that's, that's just how it be what it is. But I also don't think that Schwarzenegger would be a totally evil guy in a movie. That's true too. Because that was isn't that sort of the reason why in Terminator yeah. Two he becomes good is that exactly. he didn't want to do this like fully violent uh, evil character. Yeah, he didn't want like kids to be afraid of him. And, and right. And, and I, I I can I can be all on board with that. And you know. Uh, him making that decision was smart in the end, you know? The, yeah. You, but, like, maybe he would have been in a movie sooner with Stallone if mm -hmm. he did stay the villain. That's the thing. True. True. So so that would be the reason for him taking on the role yeah. is because he knows that he's also fighting for his family who had died already. Yeah. And so he knows that he's not fully bad and not fully good. So I think that the layered of the ending and of the character would draw him to be the villain. 
Um, so we have Stallone as the hero, Schwarzenegger as the villain. The friend of uh, John Willis, who is Sly Stallone, would be Carl Weathers. He's, uh, the, uh, you know, obviously of course, he's the no. one. He's the guy who would. Hey, like... I was tempted to use Carl yeah. Weathers as well, but I didn't. I was... <laughs> he would be the one with the shed. He would be his old war buddy. <laughs> I mean, this is just, you know, this is basically just straight out of Predator. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> McTiernan and Carl Weathers in the army, whatever. Um, I put the wife of Bruce Willis as Bo Derek because she sort of seems. She doesn't have. She has like a toughness to her. I feel yeah. like because again, it's it was tough to find a strong female character. I thought so. I thought, well, all right, Bo Derek, let's put her <laughs> in there. Let's give her, give her, give her that role. And then the lowly mob member, the one who originally finds Stallone and his family, would be played by John Cazale from The Godfather, Fredo, oh, exactly. from The Godfather, who has this. Who basically, and it's it sort of sucks because I'm ending his unbelievable run yeah. of movies that he has. <laughs> like every movie he was in was nominated for uh, Best Picture, and I crazy. I don't think that this movie is, would be nominated for Best Picture. But <laughs> it would be fun to see him in a similar type of Fredo role. Maybe he's yeah. maybe he's also a fuck up, maybe or something. I don't know. But I mean, I I think it'd just be fun to 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 see him again and do that stuff. So, um, so that's my cast. So I, I, yeah. I, I thoroughly you would enjoy. see that? Yes. They see them on the poster? Like yeah. If there's like the Demolition Man like, poster just, or something? Their chests like yeah. almost meeting because they're just so <laughs> yeah. like up. And it makes a heart somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, though, so that you could definitely make a poster out of that for sure. So uh, what do you have for cast? Uh, for cast, obviously at the time, uh, uh, John Woo, he used Chow Young Fat a lot. So obviously Chow Young Fat will be my uh, Hong Kong cop. Okay. And, and uh, for his sister... Mm. Even though briefly we only see her, but she was very big in she's very big in Hong Kong as well. Michelle Yao from Crouching Tiger and yeah, Dragon, yeah, yeah, his yeah. partner. So, kind of give him an early meet up before, before that movie, that. you know. Okay. And um, the DEA agent. Now th- this movie I was thinking would be like 1987, 1988. So right after 1986, which was Aliens, which was Sigourney Weaver. So. Sigourney Weaver would be my DA agent. Oh, yeah. And she's, you know, she looks hot. She looks great. Obviously. Yeah, she Maybe does. give her a midriff in one scene where she's doing yoga and some <laughs> 80s song going. You know, you got to have that somewhere. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and um, the head of the weapons manufacturer. Yeah. He's been a villain or and just been in so many movies. James Hong, who was uh, Lopan in uh, Big Trouble Little oh, China. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, he's just... He he played like I, I forget how many villains he's played, but yeah. so he would be the kind of wimpy bad guy behind the whole thing. And um, his henchman, his head henchman, the big stocky, um, which we've seen before in Bloodsport, but um, he's his nickname is the Chinese Hercules because he was Ooh. a bodybuilder. Uh, his name is Bolo Jung, hmm. and uh, okay. he would be he would be kind of the the head of security type of guy. And here's here's the kicker though. This is pure 80s Nicolas Cage as the Merc, the crazy <laughs> Merc. Now, you could con- – you could, because I'm, I'm going to tell you the song that's playing out of the helicopter. Okay. It's Turn Up the Radio by Autograph. Okay. So it's <laughs> – it's just I, – I don't know why that one just seemed like – he's like, yeah, just rocking out Turn in the up. helicopter yeah, yeah. to – and so, um, well, cause, I, so when I think about that yes. and I think about Nicolas Cage, I mean, he had a very different persona in the eighties than he yes. has now. So are you thinking like face off and mom and dad, Nicolas Cage, or well, are you thinking more like eighties or more subdued? Nicolas well, there Cage? was, there was, um, um, I hope I'm not mixing it up, but the, uh, the movie Deadfall where he's got like a mustache and, okay. and 
and Harrigan's like he just walks into that club and goes fuck you know <laughs> that 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 kind of crazy or like interview with a vampire he yeah. just kind of brings that into the role so okay, okay. i like that so that you got your merc you got yes. all the other people okay who else do we have left and uh the sigourney weaver's boss mm-hmm. is played by edward james Olmos. okay so he's he's still young at the time but uh, in the 80s, he was on Miami Vice, and he was like the chief, and I could kind of see him being the, you know, know-all Got type of guy. Okay. And her partner would be played by young Dean Norris. Ooh. And With he hair, did... Dean Norris? Uh, <laughs> he... I, I think he's he's balding. He's okay, balding. balding. Yeah, Because, yeah. like, in the, in the 80s, he played a lot of cops, like SWAT, DEA, and yeah. just everything. So I think he would be just a nice fill. There and he kind of sort of helps her out. And too. he's the one who dies, right? He's they, the one yeah, who dies. They, yes. Yeah, he's the one that, he's... That, that gets killed. So and then the boyfriend of the uh, DA agent. That's right. And mind you, this is moonlighting before Die Hard, so it's Bruce Willis. <laughs> okay. So we get moonlighting Bruce Willis as her boyfriend. Okay. And the, and that that's the cast there. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, that's a solid cast. Again, yeah. that's again you could really fill up a poster. <laughs> With that, all right. So the last thing that I have mm-hmm. is a title. So oh, wait, before oh, go ahead. We yeah, do, I do have uh, some music. Oh, right, right. Yes, yes, um, yes. The like throughout the movie, it's going to be scored by uh, Harold Faltermeyer. The he did like Beverly Hills Cop, Fletch Lives. Yeah, and and that. So he's, he, I, I think he really has captured the eighties with, or at least L.A. eighties with the kind of uh, synthy, you know. Yeah, and I get that. Um, and he did Top Gun as well and, and stuff. So. There's also the one club scene where I had uh, uh, Chow Young Fat walking into, and it's playing Dead Man's Party by Oingo Boingo. Yeah. And I just felt that worked for the scene because at that time he doesn't care about his own well being. And it's sort of like he could die, you know, if they yeah. all just pulled their guns on him. And, uh, and I did have the credits. It's the song Skeletons by Stevie Wonder. And I, I did that because it kind of spoke to everyone's got like their own kind of things that could turn real big, like lot, like it talks about little white lies turning into big things and stuff. And I, I don't know. It just felt with the melody. I mean, the, the, the synth beat and melody from the, uh, from that song just fit it. And also it kind of got in my head from GTA five. One of the, the official trailers just used that song. And I was like, that'd be awesome. To see yeah. action, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, just, I felt that one really works with it. And uh, yeah. That's, okay. And I did turn up the radio as I, right. Yes. Mentioned you mentioned earlier. that. Okay. So, so yeah. I, yeah. So I had, yeah. I, I didn't have actual song cause I, I didn't, I didn't know if I wanted to take actual songs, but I had like yeah. artists. So we had, we had Toto with the finale with mm-hmm. the, 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 the wrap up song in the, over the credits. <laughs> uh, and then you would have the uh, survivor type yep. of song with the montage. You'd have that going. Uh, and then I wanted to put some Kenny Loggins in there too, oh, yeah. because Kenny Loggins, Caddyshack, yep. Top Gun—I mean, these very classic '80s songs, not necessarily action movie songs—but he has a, a voice and a sound. I think yeah. that just kind of really evokes an '80s feel. So those would be my three, and, and then you also get different senses of the type of music that was going on yeah. at the time. So you get the synth, you get the shred, you get the <laughs> whatever Kenny Loggins is yeah. too. So, so that would be fun. The, yeah, and there's lots of ways you can go. I mean, there's like I said, I don't want any real instruments. In Sound, soundtrack purchase. <laughs> yes. On I, that alone, like I want the I want their subtext on the CD case. No real instruments, yes. and then I'm like, all right, nice, nice. finally, yes, <laughs> yes. So wrapping it all up of course with mine you have the element of the russian the russia stuff 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the element of revenge. And, of course, there's an action movie. And you feel like you have to, with these movies, just kind of dumb it down a little bit, really. Like, it just <laughs> you know exactly the type of movie you're going to be getting with yeah. the title, like Commando. Okay, great. I get it. This guy's a commando, obviously. Yeah. So my title is Red Justice, <laughs> which is just, like, the most basic, the most, like, easiest title to hey, understand. I, I mean, like... Just hearing that without the plot that you've mentioned, uh, I would be like, "Yeah, let's go see Red Justice." <laughs> Red Justice. Who's in it? Schwarzenegger I, uh, and oh, Stallone. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Come on, no. this would be. This is like Pacino no and brainer. De Niro and Heat. Yeah. You know, like. Um, so that so we have Red Justice, uh, starring Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Stallone with a writing credit. <laughs> it, was, it was probably like 19 people that wrote it, but he's the yeah. only one that gets. He'll get a nod for, for the screenplay. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is this is going all the way to the Oscars, my friend. <laughs> Um, so Chad, I know you had, we had some, I was trying to think of some titles when yeah. you were, when you were, cause it's, a, it's a tough movie. You have a lot of things in play. So kind of the thing that I really sort of stood out to me and I think it's just, again, a very basic thing. Mm, yeah. It would just be, it would just be called East and West. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like a part of me was just going Eastern promises, but that's yes, already a name. That's, that's already a name. The you same know? Thing. I go, yeah. Well, but but you could still name it. I mean, that, that's true. The, you were the first one yeah, to do the first it. You one, know. And so yeah, I think I, mean, I think in, uh, playing off the east part of it, I think you can really uh, go for. Yeah, like the um, bullets, bullets from the east. Yeah, right? I don't right, know. Something yeah, or like something that, like that. Know? Yeah, like uh, like from China with love or something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> exactly. like something like that. Well, um, well, if you have an idea for uh, the title for Chad's movie, we can go ahead and put that in the comments of the Facebook uh, post that this is going to be in. Chad, do you have anything, any any additional thoughts about 80s movies, anything like that? We, we, I know we covered a lot, but you got anything else uh, you want to say about them? Um, they need to come back. They need to uh, they, sh- they, they, they need to overwhelm the Avengers. They need to – there should be a universe, an 80s action movie universe that – I mean, that's already sort of the thing with the Expendables, but they kind of fucked that up. Yeah, so. they really did, yeah. We need and a reboot of the, the Expendables. Yes, exactly. Yes, but we need to have – <laughs> yeah, it it, it that, that style of movie definitely has its place in cinema. It definitely has I mean, its place in, in, in Fast movies. and Furious is not far off, but it it's very modern, like the right, way they yeah. go about it. And if they dumb it down more, <laughs> it yeah. could be it could right. be an eighties action Which, movie. That's true. We we're really you know. close. I mean, yeah. yeah, Paul Walker with his acting chops could have fit right in in exactly. some of these movies you know? there. So and Vin Diesel too, for that matter. Yeah. My gosh. Um, so Chad, where can people find you? I, 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 I mentioned it a little bit off the top. You have a podcast. Yes. You're a host of a podcast too. What's it called? Where can we find it? Uh, the podcast is called raised by tunes and you could find us on iTunes and, uh, like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and, uh, pretty much our, our if they want to know our shows about, uh, covering cartoons that we watch as kids and current cartoons as well. And we kind of just rate them and see if they uh, meet what we've seen in the past or if they still hold up today or, you know, kind of all around basis of just how good the cartoon is. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a really, really fun podcast. And I know you you and Dan have a lot of fun putting it together. Um, but yeah, if you want, you guys can like the page on Facebook for us, McCarran Podcast Network. It's where you can find all the episodes, McShank Podcast, Build a Film, sports stuff, anything that we do. Uh, it's going to be on here. We also have 
uh, an email address, mccarranpod at gmail.com. So send us an email. Also on Twitter, mcepodnet, mcepodnet. Chat, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And we will see you guys yet again. Woo!